2: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So NetHealth has a purpose-built EMR software and solutions for outpatient care. NetHealth exists to invigorate provider experience, facility performance, patient care, and outcomes in five specialized medical settings, rehab therapy, employee health, occupational medicine, urgent care, and wound care, and... They have an online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of clinical and business sides of rehab. It's the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forums. It's all about habits and initiatives to juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagements. There are write-ups, white papers from leading-edge performers. There are polls, surveys, benchmarking, calculators, videos, podcasts, and more. So to check out the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum, go to www.nethealth.com healthy. So a huge thanks to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. And my guest today is Dr. Lynn Steffes. So I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lynn at the Private Practice Section Annual Meeting in Orlando, Florida a few weeks ago. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Lynn, she is the president and consultant of Steffi's and Associates, a rehabilitation consulting service based in Wisconsin. She provides consulting services to rehab providers nationwide. She's a 1981 graduate of Northwestern University. She is a network administrator for a group of 50 plus private practice clinics, where her primary responsibilities include marketing, payer, and provider relations and contract management. She currently serves as a statewide reimbursement specialist for the Wisconsin and Florida Physical Therapy Associations. She also works as an adjunct faculty member in the Physical Therapy Program at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse Physical Therapy Program, teaching professional referral relations, marketing, and peer review. She is very active in the APTA and the private practice section. And I was so excited to be able to have the chance to sit down with Lynn to talk about her journey as a physical therapist going from working physical therapist treating patients to being a consultant. So I know a lot of people uh, in the healthcare world perhaps one day may be thinking, hmm, I don't know if I want to be full-time treating patients, but maybe a consulting role might be in my future. And if that's the case, today is the episode to listen to. So we talk about how her career has evolved common consultation inquiries and solutions regarding private practice, health and wellness advocacy within physical therapy, and the importance of building a strong network of experts within your field. So a huge thanks to Lynn for taking the time out, coming on the podcast. And like I said, if in the future you see your role shifting from treating therapist to consultant, you're going to really love today's episode.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am coming to you live from the Private Practice Annual Private Practice Section Annual Meeting in Orlando, Florida, and I have the distinct honor and privilege to be sitting here with Lynn Steffies, and I know I have a lot of questions for her and we're going to get to a lot, but first, Lynn, can you just tell give the listeners a little bit more about where you are now with your business and what you're doing? So thank you so much for
0: having me, Karen. This is really fun. And it's especially fun because it's absolutely gorgeous out. I know,
1: we're sitting outside. And we have,
0: (laughs) I know, I'm from Milwaukee. We have six inches of snow on the ground. So I am (laughs) loving this. But um, awesome opportunity to communicate with a lot of PTs. So I actually, I feel like I kind of do a variety of things. But I have a singular mission and vision for that which I do. And it's all really surrounding um, the promotion Of physical therapy as an important healthcare uh, provider and service, not only in rehabilitation and healing of people, but actually in uh, lifestyle medicine, uh, being healthy. Um, What you know, you have a dentist, you have a doctor, you have maybe an accountant or a massage therapist. Well, you need a PT, and that's kind of me. So I promote physical therapy to all kinds of people. I teach at the university level, which I love. I speak um, all over the country, so I've had the privilege of speaking in 43 states, believe it or not. Um, I do a lot of webinars, I do a lot of consulting, and I work with practices as small as a guy and his mom does the billing when she feels like it, and I, by the way, don't recommend that. (laughs) And then I also work with systems as large
1: as Mayo Clinic. So I have kind of a variety. And obviously when you graduated from physical therapy school, you were treating patients and I know a lot of listeners here that are physical therapists they graduate from PT school they're seeing patients and oftentimes I know this is the way I felt when I graduated is well this is what I'm just gonna be doing I'm gonna be treating patients until I retire I didn't have the foresight I didn't have the knowledge to say wait there are other things I can do so how did you go from treating patients to where you are now and at what point in your career did that shift happen
0: Wow, I wish I had some big strategic plan to share with you that I had like this vision, but I really didn't. When I graduated, um, I really did pediatric physical therapy. I graduated, worked for a private practice, and I worked as a contract therapist in a school district, and then moved on to a rehab facility, and then opened outpatient pediatric clinics in a couple states. And I kind of I loved being a therapist. I always say, you know, I could still be a physical therapist if anyone would take me, but mm-hmm. it's been a while. Um, but as I was treating, I started seeing all these opportunities for physical therapy and kind of just um, getting more and more experience, opening businesses. Um, so I I kind of, and it was weird because I actually worked in a private practice, and I love treating people and I love managing. I loved really everything I was doing, but there was just a lot of it, and I think I started developing a little bit of an entrepreneurial, um, just like the sense that maybe I wanted to do some stuff on my own, so I actually left the practice and interviewed with someone to become a pool therapist, and it was a PT I knew, and after I got done talking about everything I'd done, she was like, wow, Lynn, she's like, I, I can definitely sell you as a pool therapist, but I could, I'd love to sell you as a consultant. And I I said, really? And she said, yeah. And I said, is there any reason I can't sell myself as a consultant? And she said, absolutely not. And that was kind of like this big aha moment for me. And I actually thought I would just like do a little bit of consulting until I found someplace I wanted to work, and then I'd just take a job. I always assumed I wanted a job. And so I started consulting, and it kind of became quickly a multiplier. And then I started thinking, well, I got to look for a job. And I said to my husband, well, I got to start looking for a job. And he said, I'm pretty sure you have a job, and it's consulting. And it's so
1: funny because that was a long time ago, over 20 years ago, and I still love it, you know. And isn't it amazing that so often it takes that person outside of ourselves, even maybe outside your family, or even personal friend group, to say, What are you doing? Like you can do this. So what's interesting is you needed that person to give you the push. And now in your work, you're giving other people the push.
0: You know, I feel, I do. I feel super excited when I meet uh, clinicians and some of them are very young and some are also people who are kind of getting to a point in their career where they're looking for something else. I feel super excited when they want to do consulting. Number one, I think there's so much work to be done and I don't feel like a sense of competition. I'm just like, thrilled that people are getting into promoting what we do and being a multiplier. I think of a consultant as a multiplier. I think like if a practice comes to me and they wanted to start, for example, you know, a running program. Oh my God, I've already worked with seven practices that have started running programs. Somebody comes to me and they want to um, revise their compensation plan. I can, you know, it's like I kind of become a repository for Everybody's experience. I say I'm a kidney candy store and as I travel I like gather up
1: wonderful people and just a lot of cool stuff that people do and so What would you say are the people coming to you for cons for your work as a consultant? What are the the most common things that you are seeing that people are like hey, we really need help with this? well, um I feel like everybody needs help with revenue, and so uh,
0: anything to do with like marketing, um, promotion, they need help with payer contracting and dealing with third-party payers who seem to want to put up roadblocks all the time. And I, I just have I have a unique, you know, perspective on that, and I've worked with third-party payers. And I feel like I just am marketing to third-party payers. Um, I feel like people come. When it looks, when they look at, you know, how are we going to grow, and how are we going to grow on the revenue And I tap them on the shoulder also and go, "Hey, you got to look at your expenses too." I feel like that's a big thing. Um, I also think compliance. I think we're so burdened, and so I try to work with people on what they need to do but I do it in a different way than a lot of people I think a lot of people are like into what I call the scary compliance like oh you're gonna get in trouble Mm -hmm. and I do mention that but I also look at people and I say you know what you need to communicate your value in a better way and if we did that we'd be in better shape so that's
1: kind of a variety um starting cash programs is super fun um, and do you mean cash programs within a traditional therapy clinic? So for people listening, there are uh, traditional clinics, I guess we can categorize them as such, that are, they take your insurance. So if you call up a clinic and you say, I have Blue Cross Shield, do they take it? Yes. Great. So when you say you help with cash programs, is that within a traditional clinic or within like an out of network or, or do you help establish a cash practice for someone?
0: Um, Both. So I feel like there are people who do. They're excellent young therapist consultants who have developed cash based programs and who that's all they really talk about. And so I definitely work with a lot of hybrid practices. So practices Mm -hmm. that um, have one foot on the dock where, you know, the third party payment environment is and one foot in cash based and they're Mm -hmm. developing other programs. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'm working with people that are all cash. Um, sometimes I refer them to people that are focused on all cash. Um, I also think, like, I think we've kind of only just begun in the services we're providing. That which is third-party payer covered is so limited for PT, and there's so much we can do if we just are willing to collect money.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think in a traditional therapy setting, I think because physical therapy is always associated with the healthcare system with the physician, we used to always need a physician referral, so people, the the public's expectation is we take insurance. Because no one would ever go to a massage therapist, a personal trainer, Pilates or yoga, and expect them to be covered by their insurance.
0: You know, I completely agree, but I have this thought um, first of all, I'm just going to say out loud, and I hope I don't offend anyone, but I don't like dentists because I just don't like people messing around in my mouth. But I think dentists have figured it out.
1: Oh, they have 100% and figured it out. And
0: I feel like physical therapy, as a profession, has to grow up mm-hmm. to be more like the dental profession. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, 100 years ago, dentists like basically you saw them when you had to have a tooth knocked out, and they were kind of that provider of last resort. They they really were um, a last resort kind of provider, and they have evolved to being an amazing mm-hmm. healthcare provider. They do prevention, they do treatment, yep. they have specialties, yep. they do cosmetics, they do performance. So there's so many things that are parallel. And I don't know about you, but when I go to the dentist, when I walk in to have something done, they tell me, well, this is what your insurance covers and this is cash.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't have any dental coverage, but guess what I still do every year? I go to the dentist. Yeah, exactly,
0: and and is so some of it is the consumer mentality. Like I paid a premium, premium should cover PT. I, I don't doubt that. But a lot of people have dental insurance, and they still pay for other things. I think some of it is us. It's a mindset shift mm-hmm. that we have to have. We have to say, this is what your plan covers, and these are other services that would benefit you that we recommend. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I'm promoting a program like, for example, the annual PT okay. physical, or I'm very interested in lifestyle medicine and brain health and the kind of things... People go, well, which insurances cover it? And it's like, okay, that shouldn't be your first question. Your first question should be, would, my, would this bring value to my patients mm-hmm. and my community? And if, if it does, is there something that's paid? That's an appropriate question. Mm-hmm. But not like who's going to cover it and if it's
1: not covered. So some of the mentality shift is
0: our own paradigm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Yeah, and I think there does need to be that shift of this is this is my expertise. This is what I offer looking around in my community, would they benefit from XYZ program, a program on brain health, which I know yeah. you yeah. you have, right? So w- is this something my community would like? Because it's not about us, we have to be worried about the end user, which is our client, our patient, however you wanna, whatever kind of word you wanna put for them. Um, but I do think that from a professional, from a profession-wide standpoint that that needs to shift. And I think if it can shift, I think you're right. You'd, you'd be seeing a lot more hybrid practices where, yeah, maybe you take insurance, but you have a brain health, you have a vestibular program, you have a wellness program. I think uh, that can
0: happen. And I think that's where, I mean, I totally think there's 100% place for all cash and all third party but I think if we all kind of went in with more of a hybrid idea we would be able to leverage what insurance pays for our patients and honestly a lot of people don't want to do insurance because they say well it limits the number of visits well Mm -hmm. guess what if it limits the number of visits, you still can do cash outside right. of that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm always like, why can't we see that? And so it's interesting that I study like dental marketing and mm-hmm. dental operations mm-hmm. as a way of just having insight into a different provider, even though they're not my favorite healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, I think that's really interesting. And what advice would you have for someone listening who maybe wants to start shifting their practice going from being a treating, uh, I almost said physician, from being a treating physical therapist or physician or nurse practitioner or even a dentist. So how could they go from a full-time treatment to consulting? Like, do you have to take extra classes? Do you need certifications? Do you, you know, all that kind of real practical stuff.
2: And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth, and be right back with Lynn's answer. Are you interested in a free opportunity to check in with the latest thoughts of other rehab leaders? Well, I've got one for you. There's a new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of the clinical and business sides of rehab. It's the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. Catchy name, right? It's all about habits and initiatives that juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagement while allowing your provider teams to keep their eye on the prize, their patients, and outcomes. I personally believe that a better connected rehab therapy profession has the power to help more people. Jump in, subscribe, and join the conversation today. You can find the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at www.nethealth.com healthy.
0: All right. It's um, <laughs> so a really good question. Well, I think first it's a self-examination of, like, what are you good at, passionate about, interested in, and in, in a willingness to share? And, I, you know, when I first became a consultant, I thought I had to know everything, and I just realized I just have to, like, know enough, and I have to know I have to ask you questions so that I can learn what you need, and then partner with you to create that to happen. So, as a consultant, I did go take additional courses. I took courses through the Small Business Administration, through our local college. We have a local women's college that has a business, um, an evening business series. I did some of that. I talked to other consultants, and actually, Smart. I find that, you know, sometimes people come to me and they'll say they want to be a consultant. And then I'll have a conversation with them, and I'm kind of like, hmm, okay, there's a couple things you need to do, um, and you need to listen. I feel like that's hard. I think some people think they just want to tell people what to do, but you kind of got to listen to what they want and be able to do some diagnostics. I think um, getting hands-on experience, I as much book knowledge and classes as you take and all of that, unless you can relate to somebody's problems... Mm-hmm and say, yeah, I was kind of bad at that and I learned how to do it, or um, this is where I was and here are the steps. I, don't, I just feel like that that would be a struggle. So I think getting hands-on experience. If you're working in a facility or a practice, hey, volunteer to run a project. Get on a committee. Take the lead. Ask to be involved in interviews. Ask to be the marketing person. Ask to work with your billing and payment. Um, get involved in the association because I've gotten a ton of contacts and I also, like, pfft, I always say it, like, if I'm the smartest person I talk to all day, that's not good. So I know so many people that are so smart, and I feel like I can pick up the phone and, mm-hmm. and call them. So they're multipliers for what I'm able to help people with. So I think there are steps, and a big thing is hands-on, firsthand experience. Uh, another thing is go list, go take some extra classes, do some reading, but work with experienced people and, and kind of get your stick your neck out. I still, I've been consulting for over 20 years, and people will call me and say, Hey, Lynn, I got this project. Do you do this? And I'm like, you know, yeah, I guess I do, but I, I haven't done it before, but it mm-hmm. sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. And I if I'm in too deep, I just call people.
1: Yeah, that's great. So kind of look for those mentors or friends or, like you said, colleagues, people in I mean, we're here at PPS, so it might be people at PPS, it might be your neighbor, it might be, I I always say too, like don't overlook your family and your friends because there's a wealth of knowledge there as well. I always tend to look out and I'm like, oh, what about the person right in front of me who knows how to do X, Y, Z? Why am I not asking them? Well, it's funny because um, I was
0: working with a practice that wanted to work with more personal injury attorneys and those kinds of patients. That was something they were interested in doing. And um, a very skilled practitioner in working on spine and cervical issues. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is a good fit. And he's like, I just don't know how to do it. And so I was like, okay, I know of someone who knows an att- uh, you know, an injury attorney who I respected. And I just contacted her and I paid her for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed her and spent time with her just going through like, what did you want? What's important, all the kind of stuff. What about communications? What is, you know, what would discourage you from using a provider? How do you decide who's a preferred? And it was weird because as soon as the interview was done, um, it wasn't cheap, but it was so worth it. And she kind of said to me, she goes, you know, I need some, good PTs. The more I ask, the more I talk to you, the more I realize like I know what I need and I don't
1: know if I know who it is. And so
0: it's funny that, you know, there are a lot
2: of resources out there.
1: And I, so from what I'm hearing is one, don't be shy. Can't be shy. (laughs) Don't be shy. Two, don't worry if you don't know everything right now because you can learn it in short amount of time. And I love the, and this sounds so crazy coming from me as I'm interviewing you, but I love the idea of interviewing people. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't, I don't know why I never even thought of that before to say, well, I don't really know this, but I know this person does. So let's have a formal interview, not just like a one or two emails, but really take, like you said, take the time, pay for the time if you need to, so that you can really understand what that, Person needs to help your upcoming client. Like, you can, I guess you can always do the research. So, we don't just have to stick to things that we think we know. We can yeah, expand. Well, and I think as a PT, I remember as a young PT,
0: I had a patient once that had a child, because I was a PT, mm-hmm. that had osteogenesis <coughs> imperfected, and I'd never seen it before. I was getting a referral for it, and I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just, like, went on the web and looked for a PT yeah. that traded that. I found someone out at NIH, National Institute mm-hmm. of Health. I sent her an email, and we set up a call, and I went through everything. She sent me her protocols. It was like, and I just realized PTs are such incredibly generous people. A lot of people are generous, Yeah, but PTs are exceptionally generous. I would generous. agree with that, yeah. And that kind of taught me, like, hey, don't be afraid to admit you don't know. I have worked with or... um had exposure to people who have worked with consultants who are kind of know-it-alls. And at some level, people are like, oh, really excited about them. But it doesn't create long-term relationships mm-hmm. if you don't say, hey, that's a good question. Let's figure it out, you know. So I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but
1: I sure love the questions, you know. I, I love that. So, love it. Um, that should be like my motto for life. Yes. I don't really have any answers, but I love to yeah, ask the like questions. You have lots of answers, Karen. You're awesome. Um, but I think what, what I think struck me from what you just said is that we can use our skills as physical therapists we know how to research we know how to look up diagnoses and treatments and protocols so we can take those skills and transfer them into consultancy skills oh my god I so
0: what I have is a process when I work with practices I call differential diagnosis for your practice and I basically do diagnostics and then I have a hypothesis and then I write a plan and then Sounds I work familiar. on implementing the plan and then we stop and measure and we figure out what's working and what isn't. And of course there are plans just like there are if you, if you treat a lot of knees, mm-hmm. you have certain plans you use that mm-hmm. usually work. And so over time you kind of accumulate solutions. But nothing, I, I still customize. I think some people like the canned solutions and it probably is... More cost-effective, but I still like working one-on-one. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Oh, I think this is great. Thank you so much. I'm yes. like learning so much here. Now, what do you have? It seems like your career keeps evolving. Do you have anything coming up that's kind of different than what you're doing now?
0: That's a really good question. Or the first, or is it under
1: wraps, which is also no, fine. no, no. <laughs> so first, uh, yeah, I'm
0: kind of an open book. First of all. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this stuff. But So I have a really big birthday coming next week, and I don't need to share the number, but it's a pretty big one. And I, a lot of my friends are retiring, and I'm always kind of like, what am I going to do next? I'm still, I don't know if I, I don't know, it's just the way I am. But um, I have been working in the area of brain health for a while and have a signature turnkey brain health program and i have two i have one thing i want to do with that program and that is to very specifically Instead of just going into the PT market with it, I want to actually start appro- approaching active senior centers and working with their activity people and their exercise and fitness people because I think the active senior centers have all the tools, they have all the mechanism, they have this captive audience, but they don't connect the dots, which is how cognition and, and wellness fit. So that's something fun I want to do with Brainiacs. And then the other thing is I really want to continue to push lifestyle medicine and PT. And I want to connect with other like-minded PTs. I There's a young PT that I'm kind of, that's just starting out. I want to mentor her. She is very interested in lifestyle medicine and exercise and how it relates specifically to anxiety and depression. I feel like we have so many opportunities we haven't even tried to do. And so mm-hmm. I... So next I, I this year I came out early to go to the lifestyle medicine conference which was next which here. was early yeah it yeah. was on the front end so how yeah. perfect but next year I want to be talking at it
1: Perfect We'll get that pitch in there and yeah. talk at it that's awesome And be, I have one more question that I ask everyone but before we get to that, I just want to um, If you can talk a little bit more about just the basics or the foundations of the Brainiacs program, just because you would mentioned it, and I just want people to understand what that is. Sure.
0: So I have always, you know, as a PEDS therapist and adult neurotherapist, I've always been into brain neurology and and the flexibility Mm -hmm. and the adaptability and really the plasticity of the Mm -hmm. human brain. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, back in the day when we didn't think anything could change after childhood, I saw it could. And so I was always kind of like, yeah, we don't know everything. And now we know much more. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, my parents both passed from Alzheimer's disease. And so when that happens, when you have two parents diagnosed, it kind of scares you. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing research on brain health and what the literature showed. And it's very clear that, you know, prevention, mitigation, um, and cognitive fitness and health is not just a learning and study and, you know, read a book, do a Sudoku. It really is a physiological thing. And exercise probably has the strongest evidence. Mm-hmm. And so I started a turnkey program, and with the basis of it, brain X, EX being I get exercise, uh-huh. and prescribed exercise uh-huh. at a certain level. A walk around the block is nice, but it doesn't really do the whole mm-hmm. job. And so how to prescribe and train someone to... You know, extras at a proper level. And then I also added health and wellness education that's evidence based to it. So, nutrition, sleep Great. hygiene, stress management, activity management, mm-hmm. socialization. Mm-hmm. And so, PTs, we're constantly doing patient education. We're
1: like yeah. perfectly suited to do it. 100%. What and instead program. of having
0: people come and sit in a class, I'm like, okay, let's work out
1: and teach. Perfect. And
0: so it's been pretty fun. I have clinics in 13 states doing it wow, now. That's awesome. Which I love.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll have a link to that on the on the website at podcast. if people want to find out more information because people aren't getting any younger in this country, no. and so it's gonna it's really important. And you're right. PTs I think are ideally positioned to be the ones to work with that population. So, excellent program. Now, the question that I ask everyone, this is the last question. I probably should have prefaced this to you beforehand, but knowing where you are now in your business and in your life, what advice would you give to yourself as a new grad out of PT school?
0: Wow. (sighs) That is such a good question. I honestly... It's weird because I don't think my expectations were high enough as a new grad. I get
1: that. And
0: I think similar to what you said, that everybody graduates <laughs> from PT school and you kind of think you're going to be a PT. And mm-hmm. not, not, And I love being a PT, yeah, and yeah, PT yeah. is such an incredible profession. But I never dreamed I would be traveling across the country, writing chapters to books, developing my own programs, Um having an opportunity to speak in front of hundreds of PTs, teaching at the university. Um, I never never thought of all the possibilities. So I guess as a PT, I would say, like, open your eyes and look not only for what you can do one-on-one with patients, which is incredibly important, but look for opportunities that multiply our profession. And I think I would have told myself earlier on, like, like I started early doing it but I still think I could have even had the vision earlier yeah and you know I and and just ask people for help I love it when people come to me and say this is something I want to do will you help me I feel like it's it's an honor Mm -hmm. you know
1: great great advice so great advice for all those uh, students in school and and just graduating from PT school or really any program so thanks so much where can people find you so I have a website, ww.stephisandassociates.com.
0: And I also have a website for my brain health program, www.brainyex.com. Um, and I you can always find me at all the meetings at the That's very true. It's
1: really true. Very true. So, Lynn, thank you so much. And just so everyone knows, we'll have links to everything um, in the show notes under this uh, for this podcast on the website podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So, Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time out at uh, PPS and enjoying uh, sitting outside in Orlando before both of us have to go back to our cold places. At least New York doesn't have snow yet. (laughs) Yeah, we
0: we have snow. Hopefully it'll melt. Thank you, Karen. You do a great job of... (laughs) I think sharing a lot of good information and talking to people who are thought leaders and people who have different ideas. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's pretty important. Well,
1: thank you so much. And everyone uh, listening, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.
2: Well, a huge thank you to Dr. Lynn Steffies for a great conversation on being a consultant, and making that transition from consult- from full-time therapist to consultant. So thank you so much. And, of course, a big thank you to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. So, again, if you want to be part of a free online community, the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum, where you will see stats and the community members already involved, plus polls, write-ups, white papers, surveys, benchmarking calculators, videos, podcasts, and more, then join the community. I personally believe that a better connected rehab therapy profession has the power to help more people. So jump in, subscribe, and join the conversations today. You can find the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at www.nethealth.com healthy.